So we're looking at John chapter 9, verse 18, and here's what's happening. There are people in John chapter 9, verse 18, that don't believe. And we're going to call them scammers. We're going to call them frauds. We're going to call them liars. We're going to call them cheaters. So what I want to start today in John chapter 9, verse 18, is to make you aware that there are cheaters against Jesus. There are liars against Jesus. And my desire today is that you will become like the blind man in this story. The blind man chose to be a superstar witness. And I'm asking that you would follow in the footsteps of the blind man and be willing to be a superstar for Jesus and just simply humbly keep the faith when the pressure is on. So we're in John chapter 9. Remember that a scam is a fake, it's a lie, it's bogus, it's someone or a group that's lying about the truth, and in this case, lying about Jesus, in this case, lying against a blind man. So what you're going to see here is a denial of the truth about Jesus. They want to change the facts about Jesus, they want to lie about reality, miracles don't exist, Sort of like Lydia. Lydia wore her mask to school in Missouri 30 days ago, a third grader. And the words on the mask, as you can see, says, Jesus loves me. Will she be censored? Or Jack, a year ago at Florida State College, he was censored. So we're looking at John chapter 9, verse 18, and what we're going to see here in John chapter 9, verse 18, hit the next slide, is literally that there is a biased prosecution with biased judges. And all around you, hopefully not here today, are people that have a biased attitude. There's a bias against Jesus, and when they go into investigation, they literally have a prejudice against Jesus. So we're looking, literally, at phase two today of John chapter nine. So phase one and phase, uh, phase one was last Sunday and the Sunday before. Today is phase two. We'll go into phase three next Sunday, et cetera, the following Sunday. So John chapter nine, verse 18. Here's the biased Jewish people who are elevated judges. They're called Pharisees, and they... Say this in John chapter 9, verse 18. The Jews, that would be Pharisees of the Sanhedrin. That's the highest authority to the Jewish people, kind of like our Supreme Court. The Jews, therefore, did not believe it of him. Him as the blind man that Jesus miraculously healed, that he had been blind and had received sight until they called the parents of the blind man who had received sight. So you have the Jews saying the blind man is lying about his new eyesight. So here's interesting. The blind man is being scammed by the Jews. So the Jews say the blind man is not really blind. So the Jewish people here, these leaders, these Pharisees, are denying the truth that the blind man is claiming. 
So what do the judges do? What do these Supreme Court Sanhedrin big powerful people do? Is they bring the blind man into court. Literally, they go out and bring him in. And then they bring in the parents. Surely the parents will confirm this. So you remember verse 18 records the verdict of phase one, that the blind man is lying. That's what the Jewish leaders think. And it sets up more bias in phase two. So the bias in phase two, the Jewish leaders are thinking, okay, the parents will be pressured. The parents will be harassed into lying about their son and therefore lying against Jesus. Look at verse 19. So the Jews, these Pharisees, these high authority biased judges, they questioned them, the parents, the parents of the blind man. Is this your son? Now, listen to me carefully. When you're being scammed, always try to follow the logic of the setup. Listen. Always follow the logic of the setup. So when you're scammed, somebody is distorting the truth and they have a plan to lie against the truth and they're going to set you up. Here's the setup of phase two. Is this your son? Now they they know it's his son. They know that. They're not trying to prove that. They're hoping to pressure mom and dad to say, no, that's not my son. Everybody knew The neighbors had already come in and said it. If you read the whole context. Is this your son? Now watch this. Who you say was born blind. That's interesting. There's two questions in that statement. And then the third one. Then, so how does he now see? You see the setup? It's a trap. Now look back with me at verse 18. Stay with me because you're scammed You're trapped by people around you who don't believe in Jesus and they don't want you to express your faith and people try to pressure you not to speak the truth, not to stand up for Jesus and believe. So verse 18 says, the Jews therefore did not believe it of him. That's the blind man, the son. And that he had been blind and had received sight until they called the parents of the very one who had received his sight. So I suggest to you circle Jews there. Remember these are judges. These are very high, powerful people in the Jewish arena. They're Pharisees. So the bias here is Jesus is a liar. The bias is Jesus is not the truth. That's what the Jews in verse 18 believe. And from the first moment in the book of John all the way up to here to the end, it's the same deal. Those people in power do not believe that Jesus is God. Now, circle him in verse 18, that refers to the blind beggar that Jesus just healed by miracle. And there in verse 18, circle parents. This is the parents of the blind man. So verses 1 to 17 is phase 1 of a a kangaroo court. The Jews here, the Pharisees, have been interrogating the blind man and they concluded that literally what he's saying is not true. So now they move to phase two, which is now they're going to go after the parents. The blind man doesn't cave in. They're thinking they can get the parents to roll them so that the blind man will be proven a liar. 
Remember the setting here. Jesus, a few hours earlier, made some mud. This is on the same day. They spread it on the eyes of their son, who was in fact born blind. And Jesus said, go to the pool of Siloam, wash it off. He did that and saw for the first time in his life. Remember that the Pharisees are members, judges, leaders of the powerful Jewish Sanhedrin, almost just like our Supreme Court. I mean, they have final authority, final rule. So these Jewish Pharisees do not believe that he was born blind. These Jews deny the truth. So they're scamming everyone. They're frauding. They did not believe that Jesus did the miracle. So these Jews, these Pharisees, now call the parents in for a phase two, biased, literally, investigation. Verse 19. And questioned the parents, saying, Is this your son? Question. Who you say was born blind? Question. How then does he now see? Question. There are three scam, setup, leading, biased questions here. Question number one. Is this your son? So they're hoping the parents will say, nope, that's not my son. Therefore, they can stop right there and say that they literally have proof that the blind man is lying. Question number two, you say he was born blind. Is that true? They're hoping that the parents will say he was not born blind and he's been faking it all along. He's been using everybody. Number three, if born blind, how does he now see? You see how people just start building pressure against you to cave, in, get you to cave in? People start manipulating science. People start manipulating this or that. And they're pressuring you not to believe that Jesus is God. Friends, there's many biases in this scam. One of the biases, no one is blind at birth. That's, that's a bias. That's what these Pharisees believe. No one is blind at birth and later sees. It's not possible. The bias is miracles can't happen. That's the presupposition going on here. Not just here, but throughout the book of John. Miracles don't happen. The bias is, the lie is your son was not born blind. The bias is, the goal is to get the parents to say, he was not blind at birth, thus he's a liar. And they look pretty good. See, the bias is, he just lost his sight temporarily, not from birth, or he was faking it all along. Look at verse 20. His parents answered the high, powerful, biased judges and said, we know that this is our son, that's, that's good. And that he was born blind. That's really good. So question number one, yes, he's my son. So far, so good. Question number two, yes, he was born blind. Very good. Question number three, the answer is no. No. Why did the parents not tell the truth what everyone knew? All the neighbors knew because the blind son had went out and told everybody. The parents knew what had happened. The parents at this point, at this question, throw their son under the bus. The scam worked. The power leverage worked. Now look at verse 21. But 
how he now sees, the parents say, we do not know, or who opened his eyes, we do not know, ask him. He is of age. He shall speak for himself. Caved in, passing the buck. See, both parents, they did know. All the neighbors knew the miracle story of Jesus, but they're not going to give Jesus the credit. They knew that Jesus came along, took some mud, sent him, put it on the eye, sent him to the pool of Siloam. The eyes were restored. They knew the story. The parents on question number three just denied the truth. Why? Why deny the truth? Why cave in? Why not tell the truth to the Jewish Pharisees? It's simple. Fear of consequences. And that's why we don't stand up for Jesus in whatever moment. I'm not saying stand up and be hateful. I'm not saying stand up and be mean-spirited. Just stand up for Jesus. Fear of what man will do makes all of us cowards. And that's what happened with the parents. They knew the story. Look at verse 22. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. Who are you afraid of? When the pressure's on you to stand for Jesus, who are you afraid of? Now watch the bias here. For the Jews had already agreed before this kangaroo court. Matter of fact, weeks if not months before. That if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, the Messiah, he should be put out of the synagogue. That, friends, that's public ridicule. That's public shaming. Any of this resonate with you today in the world that we live in? You, you talk about Jesus at work. You talk about Jesus with your neighbors. You talk about Jesus with your boss. Watch, watch how the pushback occurs. See, this is a rigged court. You deny the truth or else. If you side with Jesus, you will be banished from the synagogue. Friends, this is it. Is this is as most horrible punishment you can imagine to those people. It's rigged. It's rigged. One of the oldest kangaroo courts in history, right here, stacked against them prior to the investigation, prior to the interrogation, prior to the witnesses, against the parents, against the son, because of Jesus. They're against Jesus. See, the Jews are saying, if you believe in Jesus, you lose. So, and they announced this long ago. This is, everybody in the community knew that if you sided with Jesus, not just about this miracle, but about other things, that they were going to get you. 9.23. For this reason, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. Well, they don't want to have anything to do with it. So maybe they're not believers. Okay. But they still knew the truth. So the parents knew the truth and they cave in under pressure. I'm going to give you seven takeaways, seven applications in the time we have left. Number one, anyone, anyone can be a star witness. Anyone can be a star witness for Jesus. Please, a blind beggar, a blind man, a beggar becomes a star witness. But the neighbors, no. 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 The parents, the parents, 
Do I have another slide for parents? Oh, I do. No. The parents are going to witness for Jesus. We know that the Pharisees, I think I got a slide for the Pharisees, they're not going to be a star witness for Jesus. You have a beggar in the street, a blind man, who now stands before the most powerful people in the world and becomes a star witness for Jesus. It's beautiful. Anybody can do this. Just humbly stand for Jesus. Look at verse 15. Then the Pharisees also were asking him again how he received his sight. And he said to them, I applied mud to my eyes, I washed, and I see. Yes, Jesus did the miracle. Straight up, the disabled street beggar testifies before the most powerful brokers around. Unequivocal. Look at verse 18 again. The Jews then did not believe what the beggar was saying, that he had been blind and had received sight until they called the parents of everyone of the, of the very one who had received his sight, verse 19, and questioned the parents, saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? Verse 20, his parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, 21, but, now, but how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes, we do not know. Ask him, he is of age, he shall speak for himself. Mom and dad will not give credit to the testimony of their son about Jesus. The parents don't become star witnesses. They have fear of punishment, just like we fear the pressure of whoever. Friends, when you stand before anyone that is scamming you of the truth, just humbly stand firm with resolve. Before the powerful, biased authorities, whoever they may be, don't cower. Jesus is looking everywhere for star witnesses. He wants you. He wants me. He's asking us to stand and shine for Jesus. He's not asking you to bully people. He's not asking you to be mean-spirited. He's not asking you to be mean or hateful, ugly. He's just simply speak the truth. Tell people that you believe in Jesus. You remember Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 to 15? Let me, let me remind you of it. Paul is trying to coach Christians 2,000 years ago of this very thing. Paul says to the Christians... Do all things without complaining or argumenting so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world. See, a light shines in the world. See, the light is you shining for Jesus. So when they try to scam you, you just graciously stand your ground. Don't let them pressure you. Number two, miracle proof is not enough for most people. Just accept this. Look at John nine sixteen. Therefore, some of the Pharisees were saying, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And there was a dissension among them, verse 22. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess him to be Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Now I'm going to go back in John to John chapter 7. Look up on the screen or in your sermon notes, verse 32. The Pharisees, that's the Jews, heard the crowd whispering these positive things about Jesus and the chief priests and Pharisees sent officers to arrest Jesus. 
You see, the Jewish people, the anti-Jesus people, the people who don't believe, the people who are trying to scam you into believing a lie, they say Jesus can't be true. Jesus can't be God. Miracle proof is not enough for most people. It will never change until, until heaven becomes reality. People on earth will be anti-biased against Jesus. Never forget, number three, intimidation works. A, a good scam works, and you may not know you're being scammed. Lying works. Bullying works. Fear tactics work. Did you know that 60% of the people, 60% of humanity, 60% of maybe most groups that you would go into, 60%, 6 out of 10 individuals, they cannot go 10 minutes without lying. Wow. Statistics, facts, research facts, proven again and again. 60% of the people can't go 10 minutes without lying. You ought to go out and see how we deny the truth, how we just simply have all these biases. 40%, 40% of the people lie on a regular basis. 90% lie daily. And people who lie remain in power. Why? Why do people in power keep lying? To regain power. Look at John 9.22. Remember, intimidation works. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already reached their decision. If anyone confesses him to be Christ, he was going to be excommunicated from the synagogue. Now look at 23. It was for this reason that his parents said he is of age. Ask him. Parents compromised the truth due to the threat of excommunication. Pharisees, Jewish people, anti-God people, anti-Jesus people say Jesus cannot be God. Can't have it. And they will lie. They will change anything, the facts, to win power, to keep power. Number four, most liars will not change their minds. That's interesting. Again, 60% of the people can't go 10 minutes without lying. If you want to have an interesting experience, ask the people in the judicial system about cheaters and liars. According to my research, the the people who can spot a liar, a cheater, the best, are police officers. People that are in the justice system because they see it all the time. All right, now stay with me. Here's John 11.47. Look up on the screen. We're going to go forward in the book of John. We'll eventually get there, but not today. Therefore, the chief priests and the Pharisees convened a council meeting. And they were saying, what are we doing in regard to the fact that this man is performing so many miracles? They acknowledge that he's doing miracles. But they're not going to admit it outside of their private little circle. Look at verse 48. Circle it. Memorize it. If we let Jesus go on like this, all the people will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take over both our place and our nation. Wow. Friends, liars like to just keep lying. Lying works for the Pharisees. Jesus can't be God no matter what he does because they lose power. So people who do not believe in Jesus as God, they live a lie. 
See, God is holy. He doesn't lie. Jesus is holy. He doesn't lie. It's either he's a liar or he's the truth. And the Bible says he's the truth. Get behind the truth. That's Jesus. Number five. Remember when you're being scammed, when people want you to cave in and not stand for Jesus? Remember this, number five. The stated issue is not the real issue. Look at verse 14, John 9, 14. Now it was the Sabbath. That's the stated issue. That Sabbath on that day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. In other words, no one can heal on the Sabbath. That's what the Jewish Pharisees' position was. And they're going to enforce that no matter what. Even if God of the Sabbath, who created the Sabbath, shows up, they don't care. Look at verse 47. Therefore, the Jewish priests and the Pharisees convened a council meeting, and they were saying, what are we going to do in regard to the fact that this man is performing signs? So watch verse 48 again. If we let him go on doing these miracles, all the people will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take over both our place and our nation. Friends, the stated issue is not the real issue. The real issue is keep power. That's keep my position. Jesus can't be God, never will be God. I won't let him become God because I don't want to lose my position of power. When someone scams you, look beyond the issue that's being stated. Go beyond that. Try to find the real issue. And often the real issue is flat out lies. And you just got to be smart enough to research and find out what the lie is. Number six, Christians get maximum rejection and censorship. It's always been this way. People who believe in God from the Old Testament, people who believe in Jesus as God in the New Testament are always going to get it. Maximum censorship. So we're going to work on John 9.34 next Sunday. And here's John 9.34. They, that again, that's these powerful biased judges. They answered the blind man. You were born entirely in sins. And yet you are teaching us? So they excommunicated him. They can't accept the truth. So they banished the blind men from their community. Now fast forward to one month ago. And if you haven't heard about a third grader named Lydia, let me introduce her to you. I wish I had her here in person. This is a Mississippi third grader, Lydia Booth who one day saw everybody else wearing masks at school just a month ago. A month ago in Mississippi, everybody else was wearing masks like Jackson State University logo, New Orleans Saint logo, Black Lives Matter. Everybody was wearing masks. So Lydia decided one day she would wear the mask that says, Jesus loves me. Nobody said anything for a day or two. But the day came soon after the school officials forced this third grader to remove her mask. And they justified it this way. They pointed to the school policy that prohibits messages on masks that are, listen, political, religious, sexual, inappropriate symbols, gestures, or statements that may be offensive, disruptive, or deemed distractive in the school environment. 
I mean, think about that. That policy allows them at their choice to do whatever they want. So the school officials made the decision that that mask needed to be removed, but not the other ones. So a lawsuit was filed on behalf of Lydia. The lawsuit was filed. It's now in the courts. I mean, think about this. Everybody else can wear any mask with any message they want. How does Jesus love me create problems? Because they don't believe in Jesus. Because they don't have any value of, quote, religion. Let me take you back a year ago. 2019, Florida State University, his name is Jack. Next slide. Jack believes in Jesus, just like you do, just like this blind man. And Jack became student body president at Florida State University as a freshman. And Jack was not afraid to talk about his faith in Jesus and did so. As far as I can research, he he did it graciously, respectfully. He, He wasn't in any way being hateful. And then there was a huge uproar from the students against Jack's religious beliefs. And the question became, does Jack have the right as a freshman in college to share his religious beliefs or even state them? Think about that. A lawsuit was filed. A federal court, a federal court made a decision in favor of Jack. In favor of Jack. A a court acknowledged that Jack's free speech rights were violated and ordered Florida State University to pay him as president of the student senate while the lawsuit continues. Because apparently if you're president of the senate and as a freshman you get paid something. A few weeks later, the student Supreme Court, a few weeks later, the student Supreme Court of the Florida State University ruled, the student Supreme Court of Florida State University ruled that Jack should be reinstated to his position as student Senate president. Jesus is just looking for beggars. Beggars. Blind people who will believe in the miracles and be a star witness. You don't have to get it all right. You just have to have the courage to stand up for the truth. You can be young. You can be older. Red, yellow, black, or white. You can be rich. You can be poor in your position, wherever you're at. Now, listen, when you stand up for the truth, there is a consequence. There is a pushback. And you have to accept that that pushback means you might lose your job. You might lose something. But Jesus is looking for star witnesses, even people who are blind, who will say, I believe in the miracles of Jesus. I think it's pretty cool that a third grader is teaching us today that a freshman, Florida State University, Jack Denton, is not afraid in a very secular environment to say, I believe in Jesus, and he takes all this incoming 
and he gets all kinds of harassment, hoping and praying that God would take care of him. Believe, no matter what. Bless you. (laughs) Bow your heads, please. God, may we be um, like the blind beggar who got his eyesight back, and may we be willing to stand for Jesus. With every head bowed, maybe you're here today and you would just simply say, hey, pastor, would you just pray for me to have the courage uh, to just stand the resolve, to just graciously speak the truth, not mean-spirited, just graciously speak the truth. If you're here and you'd say, pastor, pray for me, would you just lift up a hand? Thank you, thanks, thanks. Thank you, thanks, thank you. It is so easy to compromise. God, may Jesus Christ be elevated higher and higher, and may you give my backbone more strength, more resolve, humbly, wisely, uh, if need be, seeking counsel, asking people for wisdom, that, that I would be graciously humble but not denying the truth. I'd ask that for every person that raised their hand. May we lift you up higher and higher. All God's people said, Amen. Amen.